Today I want to talk about Passover. The word Passover simply means to pass over somebody or something or a house or a building or anything. Now, and this word was first introduced in the Bible by God himself. So, you know, I always say that the one who brought the thing can define the thing better than anybody, even the people who have tasted the thing. I get any. So, God who brought the Passover can give us a better definition than those of us who have the Passover feast. Now, the reason why he brought Passover was that the people of Israel were in Egypt. And whilst they were in Egypt, they were there as slaves, servants, based on a prophecy God gave to Abraham that your descendants will be servants or slaves in Egypt 400 years. And after that, I will come for them. In fact, they went to Egypt to enjoy, to begin with. But a pharaoh that did not know Joseph came. One pharaoh favored Joseph and brought Jacob and the children. They came to stay in Egypt. And so they had favor. They were given a big land. They were enjoying. Things were going on. And one, that pharaoh died. After Joseph died, that pharaoh also died. And when the pharaoh died, they forgot what Joseph did for them. I get any. So now the new pharaoh came and said, no, no, no. We can't sit down for these people to be growing. You know, because Israel was a blessed nation, they were prospering in somebody's land. They were prospering. They were making it. They were plenty. They were fruitful. They were strong. They were mighty. Blessing is so powerful that when it is on your life, it doesn't matter the witch around. It doesn't matter the demon around. When God blesses a man, the blessing is so strong that a wish cannot stand the blessing. A curse cannot destroy a blessing. So, Israel is blessed and they found themselves in Egypt and a pharaoh rose and said, no, they are becoming so plenty. They were not slaves because they were weak. Come on. Exodus chapter 1. Verse 6. Exodus 1 from verse 6. And Joseph died and all his brethren and all the generation. 7. And the children of Israel were fruitful and increased abundantly and multiplied and waxed exceedingly mighty. And the land was filled with them. We can be in the desert, we will prosper. Wherever you go, things should work for you. Nobody has power to stop a child of God from becoming what God wants him to be. No demon. There's no spirit. I like that scripture. I like that. Say the way what? Fruitful and increase abundantly and multiply and works exceeding mighty. And the land was filled with them. What is the problem there? No problem. In somebody's land, say, I'll succeed wherever I go. You don't have a barrier before you. The barrier is broken when the blessing comes. Stop seeing yourself down. If you are truly a son of God, you have the power of a son. 
of a son. That is why Jesus succeeded in everything because he was a son. Because God has blessed them, they are blessed. I'm telling you, the limitations you are talking about, they are only in your mind. If you can take it out of your mind and say, no, if God has blessed me, I am taking the blessing. Anywhere I go, the blessing will show. That is the word of God. If a man can prevail over a child of God, he has prevailed over God. And who can stand against God? No man. Eight. Now there arose up a new pharaoh, a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. Mm. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. Wait. What is Pharaoh saying? Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more mightier than we. So what is your enemy saying? I'm mighty. What is your enemy saying? I am mighty. He is mighty. Your enemy has accepted that that I am mightier than him. Stronger than him. I'm stronger than him. He knows I am mightier than him. Pharaoh Nekasa, Pharaoh, oh, can, can you imagine that? You are in your own nation. Oh, God. Look, we are too loaded. Verse 10. Come on, let us deal wisely with them. You see, that is the only way the devil will deal with you and succeed. Let's deal wisely with them. That is not the truth, but let's make sure we make them look like slaves, servants. The same man who was poor yesterday became rich tomorrow. The same man who was sick yesterday became healthy tomorrow. Why? It was just a distance away. As long as you kept the, the, the sickness and the poverty in your mind, you remain like that. But if you choose to live and go to the next level of your life, you will succeed. You will not fail again. I say you will not fail again. You will not fail again. So go on. Come on, let us do wisely with them. Lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out a war, they join also our enemies and fight against us and so gets them up out of the land. Therefore, they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Phiton, Piton, and Ram, Ramses. Okay, it's okay. Now, so, let's understand here that the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, they were not weaklings. They were not um, poor they were okay, they were succeeding, they were prevailing, they were increasing, though they were in somebody's land. But the blessing on them did not give regard to where they were. It was moving. Joseph was in prison. He succeeded. So you have to succeed no matter where you find yourself. That is your birthright. That is your sonship right. You don't fail. Because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. You will not fail from today. You will not fail from today. You will not fail from today. So this is the state of the people of Israel in Egypt. So they did not become servants. They were not afflicted. They were not in trouble because they didn't have anything. They were okay. But because they did not accept who they were, and the blessing upon them, they allowed the craftiness of Pharaoh and his people to afflict them. 
Are you getting it? So they were in trouble. Then God gave them a deliverer called Moses. And God told Moses, Go and deliver them from Egypt. I've seen that they are suffering. The people are dealing, battling with them. But one thing I don't understand here, listen to it carefully. The, Bible, the, the, the Egyptian says they are mightier than us. If they have even come together to fight Egypt, they would have succeeded. You are not here. So, they were suffering not because they were weak. So, at times you suffer not because, because you are failing to accept who you are and you are failing to use what you have. Amen? So, they were in Egypt and God said, okay, Moses, go and deliver them because I've already promised I will take them to the promised land. So, let me take advantage of this situation and deliver them and bring them to their, their own land. So, now, this is the point. Moses went to God and God dealt with Moses. God prepared Moses. God gave Moses everything he needed. And Moses now came to deliver the people of Israel. Moses came with signs and wonders. There were a lot of miracles Moses did. Moses did some things that Pharaoh himself was surprised. The magicians in Egypt could not stand Moses. Mighty signs. Everybody say that. Say it again. But none of the signs delivered Israel from Egypt. At times there are signs, there are miracles. But at times they don't deliver. There are people who are receiving breakthroughs all over today. Yet they will go to hell. Because they are not saved. There are witches that pastors are praying for. There are witches that pastors are anointing. There are witches they are prophesying good to them. And because he's a pastor and he's prophesying, some way, somehow, some good things will follow the witch. Because God will honor the words of his servant. Though he's not doing the right thing, somehow, some level, will bring us some success. You may not believe it, but that is the truth. Moses was a man sent by God, prepared by God, to deliver the people of Israel. And of all the signs, Pharaoh had in his heart the more. So at times, signs will not do the thing. Proper deliverance and salvation should be the talk. I believe true prosperity is the salvation of your soul which produces the true prosperity. Amen. So Moses did all the signs but could not get Pharaoh to let the people go. Then God said, I have one last card. When I release that card, it does not matter how hard the heart of Pharaoh is, it will give way. And that card is called red card. So God told Moses, I am going to release that card and that is my last card. That is stronger than all the cards. The cards called healing, deliverance, everything. In, when I release this card, everything will go inside that. You don't get it. The healing is in the card. The deliverance is in the card. Everything is in the card. The miracle is in the card. When I release that card, every knee shall bow. And that card is the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus.
if you know it and know it very well, know the power in the blood. When you know the power in the blood, let the devil himself come to your house to take your child. Show him the card. He will leave. I hope, I hope you're getting it. So, God told Moses, I will introduce you another level. So how do we do, go, do it? Say, count the families. Those who can buy one sheep, fine. If they can buy, combine the families. If two families or three families can buy one sheep, that's enough. That means those who are poor, who cannot afford one sheep, let them join together and get a sheep. At all costs, everybody should get one. Then when you kill that sheep, use the blood. Paint it on the doorpost of your houses. So when you paint the blood on the doorpost, tonight I will pass over Egypt. When I pass over, when I see the blood, I will pass over. I am not just passing over Egypt. I will kill their firstborn. I want to bring judgment upon Egypt for treating you the way they treat you. But in bringing judgment, I am taking the firstborn. I'm going to kill every firstborn in every family, even the goats, the cows, the sheep. Everything firstborn will die. So the question is, why firstborn? So let's go to it. Let me give you the history of firstborn. Genesis 49. Read verse 3. Genesis 49 from verse 3. Reading, Thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of, the, of my strength, and the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. So listen, so firstborn, every firstborn, how many of you are firstborn here? Okay, so listen to what I'm going to say. Every firstborn is supposed to be the might of the family. You are supposed to be the beginning of strength. You are the excellency of dignity, honor. You are the excellency of power. Dignity, honor, excellence. So every firstborn is supposed to be a sign of dignity, a sign of honor, a sign of power, a sign of strength. That is the purpose of a firstborn. Either you are a man or a woman, as long as you are the firstborn, you are supposed to reveal the excellence in the family. So, you know, firstborn, according to God, are very special and they should be dedicated vessels that show the other family or the other children the way. So if you are a firstborn here, you have a mandate from God to excel. If the firstborn fails, then the secondborn can fail. Then the thirdborn can fail. Are you getting it? Now in a family where the firstborn makes it, it becomes easy for those that follow to make it. But listen to it. God has a principle for every firstborn. 
I don't want to teach that. God has a principle for every firstborn. And to God, if a firstborn can be committed to God, the whole family is committed to God. You don't get it. We call it the first fruit. So the principle is, if the first fruit is dedicated, that is why if you are a true Christian and you pay your first fruit, all your salaries are protected. Not title. This is first fruit. Your first salary in the year belongs to God. We call it first fruit. How many of you have paid it? Many Christians don't even know this. So they don't practice it. How many of you have paid first fruit before? So your first fruit is your first salary in the year or any income in the year. They all belong to God every year. So that the 11 months income is protected from the devourer. You know why we are sanctified? Do you know why we are holy? Do you know why we Christians are protected? Because God gave his first fruit. He gave Jesus out. He gave Jesus out to preserve us. You don't just pray, preserve me. There are things you do. You don't just say, God bless me. There are things you do. If you don't know that and you pray all the prayers you know to pray, things will still not happen. So prayer is not enough. There is a corresponding action to everything you are asking God for. If you are looking for money, there are things you do that opens the door much quicker, easier for you than just praying. Praying is not enough because prayer should be acted in faith. And if you believe God has heard you or God will hear you, there are things you do to show that. So God did not sit there and say, Jesus, no. He gave his first fruit, Jesus Christ. That's why every Christian should learn to be paying first fruit every year, every year, every year. When you do that, you are honoring the Passover. You can't be a covenant child and not pay first fruit. You are still not holding tight the covenant yet. Amen. Okay, so let's go. This is the firstborn of what? And he says, you are my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, the excellency of power. Verse 4, Un, unstable as water thou shalt not excel. You are made to excel as a firstborn. But because he did something wrong, the father says you shall not excel. Don't let me go there. There are things that have been decreed. This man, Reuben, did something bad against his father. And the father said, because of that, what you are made to be, you shall not be that. In other words, he did what? He cursed him. Is that true? I want you to remove every curse over your life. Exodus chapter 4. Take this too. Say, Israel is my firstborn. Are you getting this? So, we are, you understand it. Israel is my firstborn. So God is saying, Israel is my excellence, my might, my power, my dignity. Israel is my dignity, my honor. When you touch Israel, you touch me. I am saying this thing. You are now Israel. That means anybody who touches you, touches God. You are the strength of God. 
You are the dignity of God. You are the excellence of God. You see how important you are. Or see, because you have not allowed my firstborn to go, I will kill all your firstborn. You should get angry when you see the devil working around. Say, why should I be here for the devil to be fooling? You are in the house and the sickness strike one of your children and you are just there. Say, no, devil, who told you to come here? This is the house of God. I am a child of God. You are not permitted in this house. Therefore, pack your goods and go. You don't sit down and cry. That shows that you are taking your place as a Christian. You don't cry when the devil is fooling around. You take, you put up strength. You mount up wings like the eagle. You face the devil face to face. I am speaking as a son of God. You have no right here. And that ends it. If you don't take your place, the devil will fool around. If you don't take your place, you will fool around. The devil is only afraid of those who know they are right. He's not afraid of just anybody who he calls himself a Christian. Those who know they are right and will exercise it. Resist the devil and he will flee. If he cannot resist, he will not flee. He has come to the house. He has brought a car. He has brought sickness. He has brought whatever. He has come. But if you don't know your right, he will not go. The devil will stay as long as you permit him to stay. Tell me that. So, firstborn is strength. And God is saying that, if you don't let my firstborn go, I will kill your firstborn. So here, when God said, I am killing the firstborn of Egypt, he's killing their strength. He's killing their excellence. He's killing their might. He's killing their everything. Dignity. No honor again. And I believe after this thing, Egypt lost their glory. And I will kill all your firstborn. I will kill all your strength. I will kill all your might. I will kill your excellence. I will kill your power. I will kill your ability. Everything. Dignity and honor. If you are a firstborn here, after you take this communion, I want you to receive a restoration of your dignity and honor. When we take this communion today, everything of the devil should die. Even in your body. Now let me talk to you a little about this Passover. Or say, I will pass over and I will kill their firstborn. That killing of firstborn is a sign of God bringing judgment upon Egypt. What? What? So in bringing judgment upon Egypt, God is the one bringing the judgment. Not the devil. Now, I always ask this question. The devil's angel of death and God's angel of death, which one is powerful? Do you, do you agree to that? Okay. The devil's angel of death and God's angel of death, which one will be very wicked? No, don't be confused. Huh? God. Yeah. So now listen. God is sending an angel of death. That is judgment. Out of his anger to punish Pharaoh. So God is pouring anger upon Egypt. But his people are in Egypt. And the only way he can save them. He knows that they are Israelites. But without the blood, he will not see them. His anger will come. And will not see that these are my people. So the only way his anger will escape that is the blood. 
will not work. It doesn't matter how much you pray. The blood is what you say, God, these people are special. You can touch them. Now the big question is, if God himself, angel of death, will stop at the blood, what would the devil do? He will run. You don't get it. See, this is serious. Say, angel of death will not strike where the blood is. And you're born some by in a blood or what? He will run. He will do what? Run. No, see, when I see the blood, my anger will cease. My, uh, my punishment will stop. My judgment will not work. So no judgment on the Christian if he can apply the blood of Jesus. Oh, you are not here. <laughs> so you have no more judgment, no condemnation because of the blood of Jesus. God is not against any of his children because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus took it upon himself. You don't get it. That punishment on Jesus on the cross was God's anger on Jesus Christ. Jesus never called God God when he was on earth. But that day, he called him God. When Jesus Christ came, he always say, my father, my father. That day on the cross, he was no more the son. He has become a sinner because sin was upon him. So God was punishing Jesus. God was punishing Jesus because of the sin. So he said, my God, why has thou forsaken me? It would never have happened if it wasn't for sin. You people, you don't get it. You are not getting it. punishment and God punishment to Jesus. The chastisement of my peace was laid upon him. He was bruised for my iniquity. So the beatings was because of me. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 and 21. He became sin for us that we might be the righteousness of God. Into which we, as long as we are Christian, we will say, You are righteous. Because Jesus took my sin upon his body. If you can believe, it will be possible. If you don't believe, you can be a Christian and still go to a curse. But if you believe, the curse is removed because of the blood. Because of the blood. Because of the blood. There's no demon that can stand the blood of Jesus. No demon can stand the blood. So angel of death, God's own angel of death, saw the blood and said, this house I'm not good there. This one too I'm not good there. Now if you read the account, or see Egypt, Phonipi, and Israel, for Bayakin, so they accepted to have the blood on their doorposts, an Egyptian, who accepted the blood on the doorposts, his firstborn did not die. Think about it. I am killing firstborn of Egyptians. But if they will accept the blood, hey, if they will accept the blood, if they will accept the blood, I'm saved them. Now let me tell you another mystery about the blood. The reason why he said that is that when the sheep is killed, the man, the firstborn that is supposed to die in that house, has been exchanged for that sheep. So the blood that is on the doorpost means that somebody has taken the place of the firstborn in this house already. 
in this house. The sheep and the goats took care of the firstborn. Therefore, we don't die. So now listen to this. In your house, in my house, in your house, somebody that is supposed to die, Jesus took it and died and shed the blood. The communion you take, you say, I believe in the blood. The blood is a mark on me. So any demon of accidents, HIV, sickness, hypertension, anything, it will pass over because of the blood. The devil cannot kill anybody in my family again. The devil cannot bring sickness upon me again. No accident. That is the truth. That is the truth. That is the truth. Thank you for the blood. Glory to God. Goodbye.